Florida Matters is supported by WUSF members just like you. Your donation of $5 or $25 will help ensure public radio thrives. And thanks to Candy Olson, an additional $50 will be added to your donation. Visit WUSF.org match to maximize your gift today. This is Florida Matters. I'm Matthew Petty. Juneteenth this year will be celebrated against an uneasy political backdrop in Florida, including policies that take aim at so-called critical race theory in the classroom and restrictions on the teaching of African-American studies. Juneteenth commemorates June 19, 1865, the day the last remaining enslaved African-Americans were freed in Texas. It's only been recognized as a federal holiday since 2021, but African-American communities across the country have marked the occasion for more than 150 years. The Tampa Bay Juneteenth Coalition is among the groups working to raise awareness of the holiday and its significance. Later in the show, we'll hear from Pastor Felitha Tucker-Johnson, who leads the coalition, about Juneteenth events this year and efforts to teach African-American history outside the classroom. And we'll hear from Jerry Alice Carmona, who will be starting her freshman year at high school this year. She shares what Juneteenth and African-American history means to her. First, though, a new permanent exhibit is now open at the Tampa Bay History Center. WUSF's Megan Bowman tells us it looks at some of the struggles and accomplishments in black history in the Bay Area. Tampa Bay History Center curator Brad Massey says it took three years to bring the exhibit Travails and Triumphs to life. The end result is a collection of displays that brings together both the struggles and the accomplishments of the black experience in the greater Tampa Bay region. We thought it was so important to tell that story here in our permanent galleries in a very upfront and explicit way. Massey says bringing more than 100 artifacts together in a partially enclosed space allows visitors to explore the area's history in five stops. The first explains the varied journeys of Africans across the Atlantic. This is a good example of a, a place where we want to tell a diverse story. Slavery was certainly part of this. Most people were enslaved, but there were also free people from Africa that traveled as well. Each stop covers about 100 years or so and includes an interactive display allowing visitors to dive deeper into the history. One of the oldest pieces in the exhibit is an 1838 map of Fort Brooke, where military officials coordinated the Seminole Wars. The Tampa Bay History Center is built partially where the fort once stood. The one thing we didn't want to do is flatten the black experience and say, well, everyone had this experience, right? It was a very diverse experience, and there were absolutely hardships, and there was prejudice, and there was Jim Crow, but there's also triumphant stories. Another stop includes the recently rediscovered lost black burial site, Tampa's Zion Cemetery. Hundreds of graves are believed to remain on the two and a half acres where the cemetery once was, property where a Tampa Housing Authority complex and commercial structures were built over them. A large sign hangs in the exhibition bearing the names of some of those buried there. For Zion, it was important for us to tell some of the stories of the people that were buried there. And so what we did was we looked up some of the death certificates and some of these people were not well known. But some were. Rosa Spotford was buried in Zion in 1916. Today, the CDC of Tampa Audrey L. Spotford Youth and Family Center is named in honor of her family. The exhibit concludes with signs from the Bay Area protests of 2020 that followed the death of George Floyd at the hands of the Minneapolis police, including one sign that reads racism is whack. 
This Juneteenth, the Tampa Bay History Center will offer free admission to all visitors. You can see pictures of the exhibit at our website, WUSFnews.org. Megan Bowman, WUSF 89.7 News. You're listening to Florida Matters. Still to come, how one Tampa Bay organization is working to spread awareness about Juneteenth and African American history. That's after the break. Welcome back to Florida Matters, I'm Matthew Petty. Juneteenth, which marks the emancipation of enslaved African Americans, will be celebrated this year against a divisive political backdrop. New state laws have curtailed teaching of African American history in public schools, and Governor Ron DeSantis has criticized a proposed African American Studies course for high school students. The Tampa Bay Juneteenth Coalition is responding by educating young people about the holiday and black history in churches and elsewhere. That includes the production of a video series featuring a Juneteenth superhero. Joining me is Pastor Felitha Tucker-Johnson. She's the president of the Tampa Bay Juneteenth Coalition. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. And we're also joined by Jerry Ellis Carmona. She's the Florida Juneteenth Ambassador Spokesperson. Jerry Ellis, thank you as well. Thank you. Well, let's start with a little bit of history about Juneteenth. What does it mean to you and, and how are you going to mark the occasion, Pastor? Juneteenth is all about celebrating our history and our culture. And uh, what we've been doing for the past six years is we've been um, reaching out to try to be innovative about how we are going to educate the, the public about who we are, um, the accomplishments and achievements of our culture and our history. Mm-hmm. And we've been able to do that in several different ways, and we we celebrate um, June 19th with different activities and in, innovative ways that we can actually put this uh, education piece out to the public. For instance, we've had um, street festivals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have literature. We give literature out. We've had speakers to come in. Of course, you know, we also have our uh, queens um, that we uh, put out as let them make appearances to talk about, you know, different uh, facets of things that people just really don't know. This is people who are involved in the pageant. Yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. When, when you explain to someone, like when somebody comes to you and says, what is Juneteenth? I don't know what it is. What's your elevator pitch or what's your kind of short history of it? My short history is Juneteenth is simply emancipation. It's freedom, freedom from bondage. And when I say that, I don't mean freedom from bondage because of slaves or any of that. I mean freedom from bondage from your mind um, because we as a people— in, in, in the United States, everywhere, we as a people, we need to be uh, transformed by the renewing of our minds because that's the only way that we can go into a direction to be able to accept everybody for who they really are. Mm. When did you first learn about Juneteenth, though? Was that something that you grew up with or did you come across it later in life? Like, how were you taught about it? I was never actually taught about Juneteenth, but I do recall celebrating Juneteenth some years ago, but didn't know what I was celebrating. Um, And that's uh, a key piece for me, because when I look back on it and I realize, oh, this is what I've been celebrating. It it comes to now I'm very excited about what I'm doing because I've learned, I've studied, and now I'm more in tune with uh, something that I can speak a little more intelligently about Mm -hmm. instead of just being out there and doing something that I know and don't know anything about. 
So Jerry Ellis, what about you? When did you first learn about Juneteenth? I didn't learn about it until I actually decided to participate in the pageant, but at the same time, it wasn't really my fault because I never, like, nobody ever talked to me about it. Nobody, like, actually taught it in school, so, like, I never really had, like, an idea of what it was. I mean, I heard the word Juneteenth, but I never actually knew the deep meaning behind it. Mm -hmm. So when I started um, the pageant running from Junior Miss Juneteenth, we had these, um, the classes and stuff where we took modeling classes, dancing classes, and history classes to learn, you know, get us prepared for the questionnaires and stuff. So the questions that they'd be asking us, but it wasn't also just because of the questions, but it's because the pageant itself is not just a beauty pageant. It's not just like any of these other pageants. It's strictly on history and what you know best, what's your mm-hmm. knowledge. And that's what they decide, you know, your points on, how much precision you have in your answers, you know, what's your speech when you first get on the stage. You know, my thing was that everything is not about color because when I stepped on a stage, you know, people may look at me different because of my skin tone, but freedom is not just about skin tone. It's about everybody being freed, you know, everybody being able to, you know, break away from from bondage. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was my whole thing, and I learned about it, and I've been learning ever since, and that's about two years ago now. Mm-hmm. And and how old you were you when you decided you wanted to do the pageant and, and learn about it? Yeah, turning 13. Mm-hmm. And so now you are the uh, Juneteenth ambassador spokesperson. What What does that mean? What is your role now? So what I do is I do PSAs. I make appearances still, you know, just as a regular queen would, but, you know, I put in a little bit more eth- effort towards the youth. So mm-hmm. I try to, you know, speak from the youth perspective because, you know, there's not many youth out here thinking that that's just a cool subject. Like, you know, everybody want to talk about everything else, everything, TikTok and Instagram and stuff. People want to go and talk about that. But, you know, nobody's actually talking about Juneteenth. So, you know, my thing is, you know, make Juneteenth popular, make it make people aware of, you know, the history behind it. So that's my position on it. So, Pastor Tucker Johnson, what level of awareness would you say there is of Juneteenth in Florida, and, and more specifically in Tampa Bay? Like, what do people say to you when, when you talk to them about Juneteenth? Some people still don't know what Juneteenth is about, but I, I think at this point, everybody's gravitating to Juneteenth because of what's happening with Florida and uh, our governor. And I don't know if you've noticed our shirts, but by the Tampa Bay Juneteenth Coalition this year, our theme is bringing Florida into focus. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because as we have our meetings, we're realizing that our governor is actually doing it for us. And we're actually jumping on the bandwagon because as he continuously brings Florida to focus, uh, a lot of the things that he's doing is a negative that is causing us to turn it into a positive. Mm -hmm. So what I would just say to the people is to keep on doing what we're doing because everybody is now having a voice and they are being expressed. They're expressing their voices and they are being heard, whether it's negative or positive, but at least they're being heard. So tell me a little bit about the coalition. When did it start and when did you become involved? 
So I um, became involved with the coalition started about six years ago. Uh, I became involved with the coalition when uh, one of my church members asked me to help, um, you know, perpetuate this information and into the community. I was a little resistant at first because, like I said, I have uh, so much on my plate. But then actually we got involved. Our visions kind of disconnected. And then when our visions kind of disconnected, we were still connected because we were connected for the purpose. You're talking about with the the rest of the like the the no. national organization. No, I'm talking about another organization uh, in in a another part of the area of mm-hmm. town um, that wanted us to to connect with them because Juneteenth is all about unity. It's all about the the unified front. But you and I both know that everybody have differences, and so the vision has to be there. And if you have a vision for this, and I have a vision for that, that's good. You can go ahead and that that vision can be developed and my vision can be developed. And now we can come together and see how we can help that vision manifest as one. And that's what we've done. So now uh, we there are different organizations, including theirs, that we do help to uh, bridge the gap in celebrating Juneteenth, which is which is really good because. Once I got involved in Juneteenth the way I am now with the Tampa Bay Juneteenth Coalition, I was able to get on the phone, do more research. I found out about the National Juneteenth Observance Foundation uh, with Ronald Doc Myers, who actually uh, started all of the paperwork going into the direction of making Juneteenth a, a federal holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, he since passed, but he taught me so much. We have now, as a coalition, we are now raising the Juneteenth flag. We are now in partnership with Mayor uh, Jane Castor and the city of Tampa. Uh, this year, we've just launched the Florida pageant, Miss Juneteenth pageant, to bring in more young people as ambassadors to be able to uh, speak, you know, about the, the historical perspective of Juneteenth. Is the Juneteenth flag, is that something that is is raised everywhere across the country or is this unique to Tampa Bay? Oh, no, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. We actually have a Juneteenth national flag raising. uh, And and if you notice, our Juneteenth flag is uh, it's the colors are red, white and blue. And of course, it is it's no different, actually, from the. American flag, Mm -hmm. because the only thing is they have a star in the way that uh, the Juneteenth creator of the flag did the burst out of the star. It it gives you the vision that people from Texas and everywhere were able to overcome. And, you know, two years after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed Mm -hmm. and they still didn't even know that they were free, but they knew. But of course, they didn't know if that makes sense. Right. So. Talk a little more about what's happening as part of the city Juneteenth ceremony. You have the flag raising ceremonies, as you talked about. What else is happening? We just had on June the 3rd, we had a youth summit. The youth summit also covers the history and the education and the culture piece. And we actually, and it, and a little, it involves a little bit more because it talks about entrepreneurship. We have people coming in from different careers. Mm-hmm. And we, it was really exciting this year because we had a, a drone pilot that came in and, and actually uh, helped us to, to understand uh, that particular job and the perspective. And um, the kids were just excited about it. And, and he 
was telling us about how he he uses the drones to to do things like when we have hurricanes and things mm-hmm. like that. So we use that as a leverage to also teach our history. We bring in uh, different speakers uh, that want to talk about or can talk about uh, some of the questions that the young people may have about our culture and where we are today. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the things that we had on the schedule. And we have some things coming up. Jerry Ellis, did you want to? On the 16th, we have the raising of the Juneteenth flag at Old City Hall, 315 East Kennedy Boulevard at 11 a.m. And then on the 17th, we have the Little Miss Juneteenth Tampa Bay pageant at Middleton High School, and that is at 5.30 p.m. And then on the 23rd, the Juneteenth musical stage play at the Duffy Center at 6.30 p.m. On the 25th, the Juneteenth church service at Christ of Calvary Community Church on Main Street at 3 p.m. So if you notice, she she uh, mentioned the Juneteenth flag raising uh, mm-hmm. at City Hall on that Friday, but we're also raising the flag at the county building on that Thursday. Okay, mm-hmm. so it, it sounds it's not just a day. There's a, there's like a week of celebrations. Um, Jerry Ellis, what what role are you going to be playing with the with the ceremonies for Juneteenth this year? What what are you going to be doing? Well, I'll be showing up on Thursday for the first flag raising, and then on Friday for the whole entire ceremony. I'll be saying my speech as all of the young people will be talking. So Miss Juneteenth and then Little Miss Juneteenth, we will all have something to say about it. You know, say our perspective, how hard it's been. But, you know, we're finally here to this stage where we can raise the flag and be happy and unite as one and stuff. So it's going to be very nice. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited for it. What do kids say to you when they when you talk to them about Juneteenth? Most kids my age actually don't might not find it that important. So what I try to do is, you know, make it sound, you know, as exciting as it really is because, as I said, you know, young people aren't really interested in history anymore. And then as they're trying to take out the African-American courses in school, it just makes everything even worse. It makes people feel like, you know, you know that's just the past, you know, let's just forget about it. But, you know, I try to you know, make that into my everyday life. But when I talk to somebody, talk to another youth to make them known that, like, this is what happened before, so I need everybody to know this so that history does not recreate itself. Mm -hmm. And that's the most important thing because, you know, most people just want to just forget about the past, you know, leave the past and the past on to the future, but you can't move on to the future if you don't know your past, you know, to be able to accept it, to be able to learn about it. So if anything ever does happen that you know, you know, oh, this this is not right. You know, this is what they used to do to us back then. You know, don't let it happen again. Does, did you realize that there was going to be this level of depth and complexity to this when you got involved? Or did you, did you just think this is a pageant? It yeah, looks exciting. that's <laughs> what I thought. I thought it was just a pageant. But, you know, there was plenty more to it as I'm now the brand ambassador and spokesperson. So. <laughs> You know, that really got me deep into it because I, de- I never really thought that deep about it. And then, you know, going to these classes, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is everybody talking about? Like, I thought this was just like, you know, freedom, whatever, blah, 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 mm-hmm. like any other youth, which, you know, I'm not very, you know, proud to say that. But, you know, that's the truth. Does it sort of change the way you think about classes you take at school, like history or yes. other things? Because in history, they teach us about, like, I don't even know, just just like people that didn't really do anything for us, like people that wasn't even that important to us. Like the sometimes I feel like they 
the history that they teach us is lies. Like, I feel like they're not telling the whole story. Like, they're leaving parts out. So, you know, learning more about Juneteenth, getting in tune with Juneteenth, it's actually led me to, like, realize, you know, this is actually what happened. It's not just, you know, only this part and this part, but it's the whole entire story that you get learning more. Can I say something about that? Sure. So, so <laughs> I just asked somebody this recently. Uh, have you ever heard of the Freedmen's Bank? No. Okay, so African Americans were, of course, we, we've all heard that we were promised 40 acres and a mule and all of that when the slaves were, were set free. And uh, this was what Abraham Lincoln was supposed to do. But what, what nobody, ever, uh, nobody ever said that I thought was a significant piece of history was that Abraham Lincoln actually uh, started a bank for African Americans um, that were enslaved, and it was called the Freedmen's Bank. That information is uh, in the Treasury Direct. It's, it's, it's hidden. And uh, unless you do your your deep research, you would never know that not only did he set up that bank, the bank flourished for about 10 years and African-Americans were buying property. They were uh, doing exactly what the so-called 40 acres and a mule was Mm -hmm. supposed to accomplish. And there was a a white man that was a part of the bank that uh, got a little greedy. He saw where the African-Americans were really banking and they were flourishing and they had been doing this for 10 years. And he started ciphering the money. He started giving it to his friends. And eventually um, they put out um, the word that the bank would, would have to close. They brought in Frederick Douglass because they felt like he could come back and to try to help salvage that bank, but it was just too far gone. Hmm. People don't know about that piece of history, and for me, I thought it was very significant. Now, you've talked in the past, Pastor Tucker Johnson, about implementing a Juneteenth curriculum in schools, and, and there is a curriculum, right, a national curriculum, I understand. There is a national curriculum that was actually, oh, and they're still working on it, um, that is being put together uh, called Juneteenth 101. Mm -hmm. The National Juneteenth Observance Foundation uh, is responsible for that particular piece of of history. And what they were working on is because, you know, laws vary in different states um, on how you are able or if allowed to teach uh, Juneteenth as a a part of the history. Um, But you know, all the work will not go in vain because states like Florida and what our governor is saying that cannot be done, churches are trying to pick up that that information. Mm-hmm. So, so you've alluded to this. I mean, we've seen challenges to the teaching of black history in Florida recently, the rejection of an AP African-American history course by the Florida Board of Education. I'm wondering, how can an organization like yours help elevate awareness of black history and culture outside of the classroom? That gives me a segue into order to talk about my Juneteenth superhero. I just created a Juneteenth superhero. Her name is Juneteenth Freeman. Juneteenth Freeman um, fights oppression and she fights all of the injustices. And in the beginning, you, you'll find, because we are shooting uh, a series of this and we just completed our first episode, in every piece of this uh, series, you will we will delve into a part of history that either you may or may not have heard of. It could be, you know, something that you may have heard of and something that you may not. I know in the first part of this episode, we're going to be talking about the Emancipation Tree that is actually located on Hampton University's campus. Uh, it's been there ever since the slaves were set free back in the 1800s, uh, and it was a place that a lot of the the slaves immigrated towards for freedom in Virginia, and they were actually able to sit under that tree, and there was a 
a lady there that actually taught them under that tree. So we, we will talk about that in the first episode. We'll talk about Henrietta Lacks, the African-American woman who died, and they're still using her, her cells today and has actually helped thousands of people to, to live. So we're trying to be creative in creating other innovative ways, as you have stated, uh, to educate. And mm-hmm. that's one of the ways that, that we are doing it is through this uh, superhero. What about outreach to um, other communities? Because that, that that sounds like you're you're really focusing on kind of youth there, trying to educate the next generation. But what about older people? Like, how do you sort of spread the word? I'm going to tell you how I feel as an educator for 40 years. The youth are the ones that's going to transform the adults if we allow them to. Because what I see is that, and I'm going to just give you an example. I've been to a couple of the um, meetings that they've had about gun violence. And, and when I sit in these meetings, I'm wondering, okay, this is like my fifth meeting, and I'm wondering why are the children not here? Why are the youth that are actually carrying the guns not here? We're sitting at a table, and we're making decisions for kids, and we're not allowing them to put the, bring their voices to the table. And that's one of the things that I'm trying to do because once you can hear the kids, then now you have— but, you know, we got to get rid of this mentality that children should be seen and not heard. And that's what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like the children are going to be the ones that's going to have the the parents pull the parents in. Mm-hmm. Just think about it. When you when when you have a young child in uh, and, and a cartoon that the Incredible Hulk comes out or or, or some of these uh, cartoon characters come out it's mommy and daddy going to the movies and they are looking and they're seeing the excitement on their children's faces and then they're now trying to find and you have to sit there at the movie and you have to learn right along with them right along with them so i look at it from sounds like you're speaking from experience that you've been exactly movies where you're like what's going on here yes so Mm -hmm. that's what i see Mm -hmm. you know through my 40 years i think that the children are the ones that bring in the the adults so I mean, I'm wondering what's next for the coalition too, because Juneteenth is now officially a national holiday. It's been so since 2021. Does that change the focus of your group? Absolutely. As I stated earlier, we are trying to find innovative ways to move forward. When you do the same thing the same way, you always get the same results. We have now accomplished the first part of what we said we would we would accomplish, which is we're going to see this out until Juneteenth becomes a federal holiday. Now the question becomes, what next? Well, what next for me and the coalition is the education piece. Now that we were federal holiday, you cannot continuously celebrate something that you know nothing about. And history is never ending. You will continuously always learn. So now you have to come up with ways in order to get the information out, which will probably, it may or may not lead to what everybody else is fighting for, which is reparations uh, and what that looks like. And I just feel like um, just me, myself, given the platform to be able to educate is part of that reparation piece Hmm. because I feel like the more people know, the more they can gravitate to um, what what else or what that needs to look like. you know, specifically, that will make everybody's uh, spirit calm. Mm-hmm. Jerry Ellis, what has your involvement with the Juneteenth Coalition, how has that changed <clears throat> your life, do you think? Well, before, like I said, I didn't know anything about it. I just heard it a lot. But, you know, learning more about it, it has changed my life. 
and changed it for the better so that I'm more knowledge. I know my past. I know about my ancestors. I know everything that has to do with it. I know why I'm here now. I know my my point in life. Like, I know what I have to do now. So, you know, educating others is most important. Even though I'm educating myself and I'm still educating myself more and more as I have this role, I want other people to have this role. I want other people to figure out things that they didn't know about themselves or know about their ancestors or their families. So, you know, it changes a lot and it makes me look at things differently. It makes me look at other people differently from other perspectives and how I want people to know what I know and just helping others. Well, I want to thank you both for coming in and sharing your stories. Jerry Ellis Carmona, Florida Juneteenth Ambassador Spokesperson, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And Pastor Felitha Tucker-Johnson, President of the Tampa Bay Juneteenth Coalition, thank you. Thank you for having me. And that's Florida Matters for this week. You can find us online at wusfnews.org or via Facebook or Twitter. Search for Florida Matters. Denora Prevost is our producer. Engineering support from Blake Bass. I'm Matthew Petty. Thanks for listening.